Oh, hello, listeners. I didn't see you there. Welcome to another episode of Love is Everywhere, the podcast, the podcast where I give comedians assignments of things that are supposed to make you happier, and then we talk about it and we find out how it went. Uh, today's guest is my good friend, John Mostyn. Uh, very excited to have him on the podcast. His assignment uh, actually came from just a real-life friendship conversation that we were having recently. Uh, we went for coffee last week, and he was kind of asking me about this good place that I'm in right now, um, this kind of like feeling of general happiness and well-being that I seem to have had over the last year. And he was asking me like if I had to try to narrow it down to one thing that I've tried that has made the most difference, what would that thing be? And that thing is his assignment. Oh, uh-huh. so uh, look forward to that in this very special episode. If you want to go and check out him, you can follow him at Mostin Comedy on uh, Twitter and Instagram and all of the places that you follow people normally. Uh, you can also check out his shows. He runs two great shows at Comedy Bar here in Toronto, uh, The Best Of and uh, The Super Secret Stand-Up Show, which is a fantastic stand-up show where the lineup is top, top secret. Um, so go check that out. Those are the first and second Saturday of the month. Um, and, uh, hey, well, you're doing things in the comedy bar kind of, uh, realm of the internet, you should go and buy tickets for Love is Everywhere, the live show. Uh, we're at Comedy Bar the third Sunday of every month, um, and it is a very special experience. If you like this podcast, you will totally love being there in person and seeing these comedians talk about these things in real time with their real faces. Um, you guys are all the best. Go and rate and subscribe on iTunes and enjoy this chat with John Mostyn. John Mostyn. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) That's the intro, just straight up? Yep, we just begin. Okay, cool. Cool, okay. How you doing? I'm good. Yeah, I'm very good. Very well. As you know, we start with an honest, how are you? So how are you, honestly? Honestly, pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty good. I've been feeling good recently. Things are life as well. Today is three years since I stopped drinking. That's the big, huge. yeah. So that's the thing. Uh, Congratulations. Yeah. I know we already talked about this no, today, did. but I'm so proud of you. And three years, that's a big milestone. Thank you. Um, yeah, I, uh, I've been... The last, you know, the last few months have been a, a rough few months, but I'm just starting to get like at a point where I'm like, yeah, I'm, I think life is good. Things are good. Mm-hmm. I feel happy. And yeah. I love hearing that. Yeah. It's unusual to feel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't quite know. I don't quite know how to. Yeah. I'm just like, mm, what's, what's wrong? I'm like, nothing. It's a little uncomfortable, isn't it? Well, especially if you're used to like just misery misery and drama and <laughs> bullshit in your life you're just like oh when you're so, things are too good you're like oh what's gonna happen that's gonna fuck this up yeah. you know what i mean and um but no no things are well things are good i'm uh excited for the future that's wonderful yeah. i love that yeah full of hope yes that's good that's good i am tired very tired mm-hmm. today that's my honest how are you okay i'm gonna be Probably lower energy than usual <laughs> for That's this episode. Okay, yeah. I'm just exhausted. All right. Um, not for bad reasons. Just uh, been working a lot, writing a lot, doing shows and stuff, and I'm just kind of burnt out a bit. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm gonna take some time for some self care this week and take a lot of naps. 
Yeah, that's I could do with a long nap too. That's Plus, my... I'm basically wearing pajamas today, as I have for many past recordings. <laughs> yeah, what what is that? You're wearing slipper socks. What's the animal on that? Is that it's bear? It's a polar bear. It's a polar bear. <laughs> I'm wearing these ridiculous, fuzzy slipper socks, the kinds that like you get from your parents on Christmas, and then you're like, great, I have 18 pairs of these, and they take up so much space. Um, I'm wearing them. And... This is the thing. I <laughs> like when you're younger, when you're a kid, and you get socks and pants and underwear and stuff for Christmas. You're like, oh, and you get your soul like mm-hmm. annoyed about it. And like, honestly, if someone bought me those for Christmas, I'd be like, thank you. This is all I want. Right? Socks, Literally. warm clothes, <laughs> things that I don't use. Like, I don't even know where to buy underwear or socks. I wouldn't know. The last, like, I don't even know where all my socks came from. Three years I've gotten my sister to get me just various black socks yeah. for Christmas. Yeah. And you don't know how much I love that as a gift. No, that's that's all I want. Yeah, a practical thing that I don't have to spend my personal money on. That's fantastic. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So should we get into your assignment? Sure. I'm excited for this. So usually what I do is I, I made give, some notes. I give the uh, comedians categories to pick from, and then they pick what category they want to work on, and then I give them an assignment that's in that vein. Um. Yours came out of just a conversation that we were having just over mm-hmm. coffee. Yeah. Um, but it, I was thinking about like what category would I put this assignment in? And I think it's a really great one because it's a real overlap of the different categories. I think it's definitely self-care, mm-hmm. um, also self-esteem and self-image, and also accomplishing goals. And also, I think um, it's, um, I th- feel like it's a lot to do with being mindful about what you're doing. That's true. Pre- being present in what you're thinking, because sometimes, I mean, we'll talk about it later, but mm-hmm. like sometimes when you're not really thinking about it, something you might make the wrong decision. But this, like this sort of thing that we're doing, made me really tune into like, hey, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Gives you some presence of mind. And yeah, a bit and of clarity. It, and just gave me a minute to take a, a second before doing something. Mm-hmm. Like you know what I mean? So. So uh, I'm trying to think of how to explain your assignment clearly, but basically. You had to just look at every choice that you made for the week, Mm -hmm. like big choices, small, little day-to-day choices, and think to yourself, what is the good choice to make here, and what is the less good choice, and then just always do the good choice. Yeah. So So just a, like, usually... Terminator mode, this, I think. Terminator mode, yeah. So you, uh, I don't know, on this podcast and, like, in general, I focus a lot on uh, gray areas, and I think that that's really important. This assignment is kind of in a different vein where it's like, this is where it's useful to kind of channel some like black and white thinking Mm. of like best thing, not best thing. And then just give yourself a rule that you are always going to do the best thing. So like examples of this um, that I can think of would be like you, I give you the example of breakfast, right? Mm. Like you wake up in the morning, you've got options, right? You can make breakfast at home, eat a balanced meal, or you can go to the coffee shop and eat cake for breakfast you know which of those options is better, obviously, but a lot of the time you're going to go with the cake option, mm. um, which is just human nature. But if you are applying this kind of filter to things, then you have given yourself a rule that you're always going to make the better choice, which is stay home, eat a balanced breakfast. Yeah, yeah. And I think that came out of our conversation about just having really bad habits. Mm-hmm. I have some bad habits that I seem to do every day that seem to just, get me in a, stuck in a loop of like the same sort of groundhog day of, oh, I can't shake these bad habits that have just accumulated over time. Mm-hmm. So because of this project, this assignment, I managed to kind of like snap out a little bit and see that the better choice 
was always the happier choice yeah. and the more productive choice. And uh, yeah, it was great. Yeah. It just kind of it keeps you from getting in your own way as much. Yes. When you apply this kind of filter to things. Well, sometimes I feel like sometimes uh, the bad habits I have are, I do them almost like I'm, like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, as I say, not present. So my brain just goes into like an automatic mode where like, mm -hmm. for example, like the, the breakfast thing is like, I'll wake up and then I'll just go to this coffee shop and get a bagel and a, a, a treat and, and I feel like garbage. But there's some part of me that's just like, no, this is what you do every day. Don't, don't mm -hmm. you don't have to think about this. You spend, and you spend a lot of money doing that as well. It's like, it's just like, this is not a healthy option, yeah. but it's just, I don't want to have to think about what I'm trying to do. But especially I'm, when you get into a pattern of having like a, accumulated a lot of those bad habits, like you said, they just kind of run on autopilot. Yeah. Right. So it's not, it becomes something where like, even though you are technically making the choice every day, you're almost not making a choice. Yeah. You're just going with the default setting. Yeah. And right. And so you don't even make a conscious decision probably in the day of what you're going to do. You just do all of the same things as yesterday. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, I'm almost like uh, not thinking at all mm -hmm. about anything. It's just, and, and that's one of the issues I've been having a lot recently is just like not feeling like my brain switched on at all or focused on anything particularly because I have a lot of bad habits. I don't have a routine. Mm -hmm. I don't have like, I'm not very focused, but I think, and, and I think all the reasons why I don't have focus, discipline, routine is because I have all these bad habits that kind of like, it's like a vicious cycle yeah. where they all kind of like, you know, it messes everything up. You know, I can't get a routine because I'm doing these bad habits and blah, blah, blah. So it, it just becomes a point where, yeah, as I said, it just seems like I'm living the same day enough. It's not like it's a, it's not a bad it's not like I'm having the worst life. My mm -hmm. life is good, but it just becomes this. There's no growth. There's this no change. This is the extra step, though. It's like, mm. <clears throat> like you've gotten all all of this progress in your life in these big areas, right? Like three years sober, mm. for example. Yeah. Right. And then now that you have the big stuff in place, you get to move on to the little details. Yeah. The little day-to-day -day habits and the little ways that you self-sabotage. And sometimes those can be harder to change because they're not obstructing your life in the same like giant way, right? Where you're like this isn't a make or break kind of deal where I eat breakfast. Yeah, exactly. Or if you know, if I if I don't write any jokes or I I have I drink four coffees in a day, no one's no one's no yeah. one cares. Nothing's gonna nothing big is gonna happen, but it is gonna like slowly chip away at your happiness, or uh, like at the very least, doing the opposite of those things and taking care of yourself in a good way would add to your happiness. And I think though that those kind of things are like almost can be more destructive because they're unseen, like almost mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if addiction, but just bad habits, and you know, and people don't see them. Because you, it's not. It doesn't seem like that big a deal, or mm -hmm. no one sort of takes it seriously. Like one, you know, one thing I had, I, I stopped. I don't know. I just kind of went away. But like one thing I was doing for a long time was every night. Was and it sounds ridiculous, but every night I would eat a pint of ice cream every single night. <laughs> every night, every night, and I would, I wouldn't even want it. But mm -hmm. I, I just for some reason I'd be lying there, and then all of a sudden I just suddenly walking into Loplos <laughs> just like a just like a monster do you know what I mean and then it didn't even occur to me that I didn't have to eat the whole tub mm -hmm. and I'd just be miserable and I'd be like I'm so full I don't enjoy this but no one cares like, everyone's like oh you're you got a, a problem with ice cream wow yeah 
wow, that must be terrible for you, Tron, to have such delicious problems. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But it's like, it's actually like, it's more, it's, it's, it's abuse, abuse yeah. myself. Do you know what I mean? I feel but sick, also- I don't sleep, I'm full of sugar. <laughs> I'm probably going to lose a foot to diabetes. Yeah. You know what I mean, it's like. But, but it's not one of those things where, like, all of your friends are going to step in and be like, John, we really need to talk about your ice cream. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's. <laughs> yeah. And it, with the, the little things, like, there's something to that as well. It's like, with those things, you're really only accountable to yourself. And a lot of those little things and little ways that you get in your own way, you might even be the only person who actually sees them. Yeah. Right. And uh, so it's hard to correct behavior when you're the only observer of it. Yeah, that's true. So, how did you find doing this assignment this week? Um, it was good. Um, I started off because um, it was kind of like a was so I'd have this almost. Like, it, it became like a sort of almost like a mantra in my head where it was like everything I did would be like, "What's the good choice here? What's the bad choice here?" Mm-hmm. And it wasn't even for big things. It mm-hmm. was just little things. And as soon as I started sort of getting that in my head as a habit, I actually started like just clicking in really nicely. But the the voice would always come in my head. Mm-hmm. What's the best thing to do here? What's the worst thing to do? And I'd always do the good thing, and it was like, oh, this is this this is great. This is this is a positive step, and then it would make me go on to the next thing. It was also a positive thing, um, so I, I, it's a really good, uh, it's a really good like it's so simple, yeah. But it's a really good thing to just think in your head because it just gives you a moment, as I say, to just be present to what you're doing, mm-hmm. and you're like. What is a good thing here? Because usually you don't think that, right? Yeah, you don't even you don't even bother to put it through that kind of no, test. really, and you just take a half a second. The instead of just leaping into something like without thinking about it, you just mm-hmm. think, well, okay, and then it comes to you, and then you do it. Um, I will say that one of my one of the things I struggle with is keeping stuff up consistently. Mm-hmm. I'll do it for a few days, and that's where midway through the week I kind of forgot about it. Mm-hmm. I just forgot. It just it just slipped out of my mind, but then every so often I come back and be like, oh, I I have this ass- assignment, and I'm like, what? Am I-? And then it come back, mm-hmm. and then yeah, it was, and it's as I say, the start of the week was really great. Kept I was doing it a lot, then it slowly disappeared. So now at the end of this week, it's been there, but it's not always there. So it's yeah. kind of, but again, it's you know, it's and building that, that habit. That's fair as well, like. Yeah. This kind con- this assignment came out of a conversation that we were having about how like this is something that I try to apply in my daily life and a thing that I've found has made a big difference for me personally. But even me, like I'm not doing the the best choice literally every time, for sure. But just having this is something that's like in the back of your mind. And it is helpful at the beginning of any kind of new new habit like this to try and keep it really at the forefront and really stick to it like you did at the beginning of the week. But it's okay if you sort of dip in and out of it. I yeah. bet there's no judgment there. Just it, trying to see. I, yeah. Do you have a, any examples of like uh, choices that you made and what was the best choice and what was not? Oh, just, uh, I mean, it's just like really simple stuff. Like the fact that uh, the, other, the other day I woke up and my roommate at nine o'clock, my roommate was playing the piano, mm-hmm. which is like, and it wasn't even on. It was, he had these headphones on, which makes a worse noise. It's like, oh, it's just the clunking, yeah, but so not the music. It, for some reason that gets, that gets like in me more than, like it makes up, it's more <laughs> way, annoying. Way more irritating. It's more, way more irritating because you just hear this him just battering plastic basically <laughs> and i woke up and i was like i was like fuck's sake man i was like it's nine o'clock in the morning and mm-hmm. you're trying to get your i mean you know i, I can't deny your creativity when it strikes mm-hmm. but i'm like do you, i don't know yeah <laughs> so I, I woke up and i was like fuck i was like i was annoyed and then i was like i should say something to him i don't want i don't want you know and then i was i just lay there and i was like 
I took a second. I was like, why am I annoyed? Doesn't mm-hmm. matter. I'm awake. I have mm-hmm. to be awake anyway. It's about the time I wake up. He's obviously feeling that he has to play the piano. So mm-hmm. good on him. He's doing something good. Mm-hmm. I'm doing so, And then I can wake up and I don't have to make it into... I could go up and start talking to him about it. But then that creates a a negative yeah. sort of like unhappiness, creates tension. It starts your day off in the wrong foot. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really has... There was a lot of examples during the week where you know, something would annoy me or people would annoy me, mm-hmm. you know, and you're just like, being, uh, like as a grocery store and like, you know, when people are in the grocery store and they're, and you're in line beside your conveyor belt and you got all your stuff up there and people are trying to get their thing, their stuff on the conveyor belt, yeah. like you have to put it on <laughs> yeah, and there's like no room change. and it's just like, relax, yeah. it's not going to make anything quicker. <laughs> it's it, And it's really annoying because people just, they're trying to pile all their stuff mm-hmm. and you're just like, and it makes me so annoyed. It's always an old person and you're just like, you just want to turn, turn around and be like, you know but again i'd just be like doesn't matter it's Mm -hmm. just like what's a good choice is it a good choice to be annoyed Mm -hmm. why why should i get annoyed because then i'm just creating a an unhappiness within myself i'm going to leave there feeling annoyed i'm just going to be like thinking about it for a while Mm -hmm. it's like there's no there's no point so the good choice would be just like that's fine yeah just just let it go i mean that's not saying to be passive you know, no, just there's a difference between you, standing up for yourself when you should be and letting things get under your skin where your re- your angry reaction or whatever to it is not going to actually make any kind of difference. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and there was times where actually after I met you, I was gonna go. I was hungry, and usually my go-to would be like just go somewhere and eat, spend twenty bucks, thirty bucks. But I was like, no, the better choice would be to get groceries. Mm-hmm. And get some healthy stuff and cook some food. And I went there and it was a struggle because mm-hmm. I just didn't want to do it. And I didn't know what, you know, I, I, I don't know what I want to buy. I don't want, you know, and I was so hungry as well that mm-hmm. like my, my brain's not thinking. And I just oh, went, shopping hungry is the worst. Yeah. And I had a coffee. So I was feeling all like buzzed, buzzed and hungry. And buzzed <laughs> and hungry, which is a horrible combination. <laughs> and, uh, but then I, I went in there and I was like, okay, what? And then every time I was like, okay. What am I getting? And I was like, something healthy for breakfast. So like, what's a good choice here? Is it this? Is it mm-hmm. I get some, you know, vegetables, I get some fruit. That's a yeah, bit. Yeah, like applying the choice to each yeah. item that you buy. And then I'd, every single item. And, you know, I'd look at stuff like, you know, like stuff like, you know, like a chocolate milk or a, something that I, I shouldn't be buying. And I'd mm-hmm. be like, no, that's not good. That's not good for me. That This is better. Um, yeah. And, and then I ended up buying really good stuff that lasted me for a week. So, you know. I love like one thing that I really love about this assignment is how it's kind of just a blanket thing that covers so many areas of your life. Like you'll get those um, it'll be applied to choices that involve some kind of action. Like, for example, do I go out to eat or do I buy groceries? But then, like you said, also in your like emotional response to situations and how you engage with people, like the example of like somebody really annoying behind you in line right like you have a choice to make am i going to let this bother me am i not um and that's something that i've been trying to practice a lot lately is i've been um kind of doing uh this filter like assignment for myself um with responding with empathy before anger yes or annoyance um even like we talked about this a little earlier this morning my dog was attacked by another dog yeah and uh, she's okay thankfully um but it was a very scary situation that's never happened before and like my dog is like getting old now she's like almost 11 
Um, and she's very small. My dog's a little Pomeranian. She's only five pounds. And this wasn't even a particularly large dog. Um, and it, like it just kind of came out of nowhere. They were like perfectly friendly with each other. And then this dog just kind of snapped and, and went for my dog. And uh, I freaked out. It was very alarming. And I like screamed and and it was shaking. And uh, like it was uh, really unsettling. I'm like still a little bit rattled just thinking about it. Um, but when I was talking to the dog's owner um, and his kids who were with him, I tried even in that moment to have the empathy first response. And like he was saying like, oh, I'm sorry, like this dog's a rescue and she's got some dominant stuff with other dogs and and all of this stuff. And I just I tried to apply the empathy first where I like, this was a difficult one for me because I had to find the balance between how much do I need to assert myself and stand up for myself and take up space? And then how much do I need to apply empathy to this situation? Mm. And so I like his kids had been the ones who were holding the leash and watching the dog. Um, it was outside of a coffee shop and their dad was inside. So I gave the kids a talk where I was like, if you're going to, if you're going to have the job of watching this dog, these are the things that you need to do. Like, even when it looks like your dog's going to be friendly with another dog, you got to know that like your dog could get in a lot of trouble if, uh, if you let it go yeah, and let, like, let the leash go and let them go for another dog. So I had to give these kids like, <laughs> like a talking to where I was like trying to be mindful of like, this is an upsetting situation for them as well. And just like treat them with kindness, um, while still like teaching them the lesson and then when talking to the owner, he was like, I'm really sorry. Like, she's a good dog and like, she's a, like very loving and stuff. She's just got this thing. And like, she's just, she's a hard dog. Mm. And uh, I had empathy for the, I was like, go to your empathy for this man. Uh, that is a hard thing to have a, a dog that you love that has these behaviors and these past traumas that they can't get past. Um, so I tried very hard to like, keep that balance of like, what is the good choice here? Like, I'm not going to feel better screaming at this man in front of his kids you know so i've just got to go for empathy and make sure my dog is okay and take care of any logistical stuff that i need to and make sure that this situation ends the way that it's supposed to but in my interaction with this man it serves me nothing and it serves him nothing for me to just freak out at him even though this very scary thing had just happened and i was very happy to see at least that I was able to have that reaction in the moment, even in, in like a crisis point. Cause this is something that I've been trying to practice with like being annoyed with people who are behind me in line and like little things like that over the last few months. And then this was sort of like a climax situation where I was like, can you practice empathy first, even in this situation? Um, yeah, it, it, it definitely crazy. shows a uh, growth in yourself though, because that situation, even thinking about that, like, what would mm -hmm. I do? I'd probably, you probably lose your shit because you're so like protective of your dog. You love your yeah. dog, and you'd just be like, and that you could have escalated that situation into calling the cops, mm -hmm. or that dog could get put down, or yeah, and that doesn't have to happen. Exactly, you just control it really well. But there is, I, I do see a lot now that more that I, the more that I try and be mindful and aware of other people, and you know, people are going through stuff and. Not to try. I see people get angry so often, mm -hmm. just in general situations, or upset, and it's like there's no need. But everyone's like that. No one takes a minute to like. Does is this necessary? Yeah. People just like. It's like everyone's so just running around with all this negative energy and just want to like. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Well, it's also like you, uh, you. A lot of people will go to anger, 
because uh, on some level underneath it, they're thinking this will make me feel better. Yeah. To let this anger out. Mm. Whereas like uh, a lot of the time, the anger is not going to make you feel better. No, it's going to. And I struggle with expressing my anger when I actually need to. So I acknowledge that like there is a very delicate balance with anger (laughs) that like sometimes it is necessary. And if you're a person who represses your anger, that isn't a healthy thing either. No, that's even worse, I think, sometimes. But it's just what you said about, like, being mindful of it and kind of putting it through this filter of, like, is this the good choice? And sometimes it is the good choice yeah. to get angry. But mm, a lot of the time it is not. Well, you're, I was talking I was talking to some people last night about this because uh, I, I went on a, a, the 10-day silent meditation in February to the Vipassana meditation. Mm-hmm. And I was talking, and some were talking about that with some other comics, and they were like, what did you find changed in you? From doing this meditation and i was like really it just more put me in touch with like emotions like anger and being aware of it and feeling it in my body and not reacting because that's mm-hmm. what the whole meditation thing is it's like you know everything's temporary that moment will pass mm-hmm. don't react because that's just going to cause more misery more suffering more upset and there's just no need for it so um for doing that you know, I didn't keep up the meditation the way I wanted to, but I feel like since then, mm-hmm. I'd be more in tune with like, take the step back. Yeah, I'm angry, but I, I, I've, one thing I found recently is being direct with people about how you feel, especially like, uh, Ooh, boy. it's hard. I've, I've been, I've been very good at it now. And actually it's more as uncomfortable as you think it is. People react better to it. Yeah. And actually the amount of times I've been direct with people about what I want or how I'm feeling, people are like, very responsive and they're like well thank you for telling me that because yes. that i feel good that you've done that because most people don't we've all got our masks up, you know everyone's trying to be especially in the comedy world everyone's trying to be everyone's friend mm-hmm. it's so fake and it's like it's, it doesn't it just causes yeah. more shit in i know the future, and the right? thing is is like the irony of that is that a lot of the time when you hold back expressing yourself or communicating clearly you're doing it because you think that it's the thing that's better for the other person or for the relationship, right? Where you're like, oh, I shouldn't tell them about this thing that's bothering me because like, I don't want to make them upset or I don't want to make them feel bad or like, I don't want it to be tense between us. It's going to be tense between you and it's going to make the other person feel bad when you keep that to yourself and then it comes out in other ways. Yeah, you can feel the energy with You can someone. feel the energy shift. Hey, you ever had this with someone where you're like, uh, there, there's a tension for some reason, right? And you don't mention it, and years later, one night you might get drunk with them, and we're like, oh, remember that thing? And then they're like, thank you, and then yes. you have a big heartfelt conversation, and then you're just like, why did we not sort this yeah. out, like, years ago? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, why did we not talk about it? Because people don't want to do it. People don't want to get into that zone where they're mm-hmm. uncomfortable. But what I, all it is, actually, is, like, just being honest. And, yeah, there's a level of uncomfortableness at the start, but mm-hmm. once you get into it, if you're being direct and honest and you're genuine, the yeah. other person will feel that. Whatever there's, a, if there's a tension between two people, the other person knows. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, uh, you think that like you're this like master camouflage of your feelings person, where like you've got all this anger towards somebody or annoyance or all of these private thoughts going on, and they're just for you to know. But the other person feels it a hundred percent. Yeah. Like especially if it's somebody who's close to you in your life. They're going to feel that energy shift. They're going to know that something is different, that something is tense. Yeah. So you're not actually doing that good a job of hiding it anyway. Um, and it's just still getting in the way, probably much more than it would if you just communicated clearly. Yeah. 
And it's also like the thing is like if the person gets upset about it, that's on them. It's not you. Yeah, as it's long not- as you, what like you said, like if you were being clear and being genuine and speaking from the heart. Yeah. Then it's not your responsibility how the other person takes it. You've done everything that you could. Yeah. To make that a successful interaction. Well, that's the other thing that I I've been uh, rereading because we I read this book before is the Four Agreements. Oh, we talk about this all the time. Yeah. You like, and I love yeah. the Four Agreements. But I I, uh, I I read it at first and I was like, this is this is amazing. It's so simple. It's, but it's like the, the agreements are so simple, but they're very hard to implement, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like be impeccable with your word. Don't take anything personally. Don't make assumptions, and always do your best. Mm-hmm. Which sounds really simple. Yeah. But, it's, but, but it's it is really, really hard. hard. And you got to remember that everyone, like if you're being impeccable with your word and saying mm-hmm. what you mean, that if someone reacts to it, that's on them. That's not you. you, you you're, yeah. you know, um, and or t- if the, someone takes it personally, it's like, again, that's not if the person gets it's not you, mm-hmm. you know, and it's very hard to um, do that in real life. But since I've been rereading this book and trying to implement it again, and it takes a bit of work. It's like the the, the assignment. It t- just takes a minute of thinking about it. Mm-hmm. But when you do, actually, I feel like relationships I have with people now in the last like year, let's say, have been so much better. Yes, they so get much so be- much stronger. Yes, and because people people really re- respond to it, and I think like when you're genuinely being yourself, that's when people like you more. Mm-hmm. When you're trying to be like someone else. Yeah, when you're trying to fit yourself into a mask. Yeah. Or make yourself into what you think this other person wants you to be. Like you're putting on a costume and it'll never quite fit, right? Yeah. 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 It's, uh, yeah. Um, other thing on that project, uh, the the one one thing I struggle with, I really struggle with, is wasting time on my phone. Mm-hmm. Like not doing anything productive, just flipping through Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, not even like looking at anything, just staring at it as a distraction mm-hmm. to doing anything else and just getting to the point where I'm like flipping through three buttons on my phone and actually getting <laughs> to a point where sometimes I'm like, I, I'm like, I should stop doing this. But I'm like, I can't stop. It's mm-hmm. like, I just can't stop and I just can't get, it's crazy. It's like, this is insane. This is, I, it's, it sucks you in so hard. And I realize that like, if I wake up in the morning, grab my phone, if I don't know what I'm doing right off the top of my day, mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, You're gonna get there's sucked a phone. In. I wake up at nine, 12 o'clock, one o'clock, I'm still not out of bed. Mm-hmm. I've just been looking on Facebook for no reason. And I'm just like, that is such a complete waste of time. It's so, it, But it's so easy to make that happen. And the thing is, it's not, We're, I mean, we live now in a society where that's what everyone does all the time. I mean, yeah, if you're walking down the street, everyone's just looking at their phone and they're not paying attention to anything that's going on. Everyone's just, they're out in the world, but they're also in another world. Mm-hmm. That they think is that's that's where the real world is, and they're not paying attention to what's around them. How many times you've been on the subway, and you bump into someone who's just looking at their phone? Mm-hmm. You bump into them, they don't even really look up at you, <laughs> yeah. or they look up at you like, "Hey, you, you, why did you just?" You know what I mean? Um, so this assignment has been good for me, where I've caught myself doing that, and I'm like, "What's a good choice? What's a bad choice?" I'm like, "This is not serving me." Mm-hmm. And I, I this week I bought a. A lock, like a mini prison for my phone. Like, and I reckon it's that's the only way I can describe it. It's a mini prison. Um, it's like, yeah, it's like a cookie jar size, mm-hmm. and you can see in it, and you just put it in, and you can lock it for up to 10 days, and you mm-hmm. can't get into it. And I put my phone in there, 
and <laughs> I had to and it's kind of funny but like I was just like I have to and then you put it in you, there's no way of getting it out yeah. unless I smashed it with a hammer yeah. do you know what I mean and that's you know and then uh, you'd be really at a desperate point but then I'd probably smash my phone too and I'm like yeah it's um, and then I put my phone in this little prison mm-hmm. and uh, and as soon as I do I'm just like oh what a relief yeah I'm like thank you I, I, I'm like oh my god I don't have to look at this anymore it's so crazy that, that that's become the the new addiction that's again that's one of those addictions that most people have that we won't talk about as society mm-hmm. because everyone does it and if you were to not if you were like hey, if you were to speak out against social media use you would be shunned from the rest <laughs> of the world and it's true because when like for example when I stopped drinking I thought I'd be shunned by my friends who drink mm-hmm. by going out I wouldn't be invited to things um, I wouldn't be able to have a social life and for sure that happened a little bit where the people I used to hang out with disappeared because yeah. they wanted to get drunk but then I realised they're not really my friends they're mm-hmm. just people who want to attach themselves to other people who are miserable they want to party and all that yeah. kind of stuff and um, but then you realise just because everyone else is doing it it doesn't mean that that's what you have to do, mm-hmm. right? I'm also vegan, right? So it's like some people get so mad about that, <laughs> so mad. And it's difficult being out with people when you have to go to a meal and there's nothing really to eat. Yeah. And there's a temptation to always be like, ah, I'll just start eating just so I can so I can fit in again. Mm-hmm. You know, um, like as I say, like today is like three years since I stopped drinking, but this summer was the first time I almost cracked. And I had a really good moment when I, I was in Montreal um, I was doing some shows and it was the first time I was ever somewhere where no one, I didn't know anyone. Mm-hmm. And I just, and this is what happened. This is, and it's a ridiculous thing that happened, but it was actually a good eye opening moment because I went on a date with this girl I really liked and it never really happened. And I, mm-hmm. I always thought, you know, there's just because, you know, being sober on a date is really kind of difficult. Is it, it, it the felt, first? Yeah, you don't have the icebreaker and the, like depending on the person, sometimes like they feel awkward because they're yeah. like, should I not order a drink because you aren't having a drink? <laughs> and I and, and don't get me wrong, I'm not I'm still not really good at dating sober. So it makes me like anxious and mm-hmm. I'm not very present and I'm not like and, you know, I'm not like, I don't know, flirty or smooth I don't I, you know, really, like, I, you know, really, like, I don't I mean making a move on someone is yeah, I'm just like ah, scary. you know like uh, they're like what are you doing and I'm like so <laughs> so I struggled with that and um I mean that's been a thing since I, I stopped drinking I haven't really dated properly mm-hmm. uh here and there but not really and because I've always just been like in my head about it and um so anyway, so I went on this date. We went on this date. It never really happened. And then I was in Montreal and I was kind of thinking, I was like, you know, I was like, fuck, I really like this girl. You know, if I just, if I could, if I just had to be able to drink like a normal person, mm-hmm. maybe then we would be dating now. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I know that it sounds crazy to even say it out loud. Right. But, um, so when I was in Montreal, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go out and go have a drink. I'm going to do it. I'm just going to have one drink. Not, I'm not, uh, not to get drunk, not to get fucked up. That wasn't my thing. I wasn't even feeling like that. I was just like, I want to see if I can just go to a bar and have a drink. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to do it. There was no other. I was just like, it doesn't matter. Even if I have one and then I stop again, it's fine. And I walked in to a bar and I was just like, I looked around and everyone looked so fucking miserable, man. And I was just like, I don't want to do this. 
my brain and my, and my body my body physically like stopped yeah it really did it was just like it, i couldn't do it and i was like nah fuck it so i didn't and then i went home and i was kind of like i say home i went back to my hostel <laughs> and uh, <laughs> my shared bunk bed with 10 other people and uh i was just like fuck i was like is this going to be my life now i just can't be like a normal person Right, which is such a like what is normal, but like I was just yeah. like, I can't be normal, I can't just have a drink like normal people, I can't just socialize like normal people, you know, and it was really upsetting. I was just like it, it just bothered me. But then I woke up in the morning, I went out for a walk, summertime, it was really nice, just walked got lost in Montreal and I was thinking about it and I had this like moment where I just sort of I probably was talking out loud, I'll probably look like an insane person walking <laughs> around chatting to myself, but like I was I just had this moment where I was thinking about drinking and I realized that I didn't want to drink last night. I was just like, I just wanted company and yeah. I just wanted connections with people. And then I was thinking about drinking and I was thinking about, you know, my parents because my parents are alcoholics and it's just been like drinking. has just been a crazy thing in my life. And I realized that I was like, I've never experienced, Drinking my whole life has just been a miserable experience. It never caused me any joy. Mm -hmm. Nothing good ever came out of it. Like, you know, there was no fun. I'd, it was more of a stressful, it was a horrible time. Those 20 years of my life I was doing that. Mm -hmm. And it was just, I was just like, this is not what I want to do. I don't want to end up like my parents. I don't want to do that. And in that moment, in that walk, I kind of, I think I even said it to myself, I'm like, oh, I just, I'm breaking up with alcohol. Yeah. And I broke up with it and I felt so good. And then that was it. And I haven't, I'm so about proud of you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, but it was, it, it, I mean, I don't know. I, it just was one of those things that I always thought about every so often, every yeah, few years. But but that moment I was just like, no, I'm never again. And it's a it's, real thing to realize that like um, what you are looking to get from alcohol, what anyone, like even somebody who like is able to just have a couple drinks and stuff like that, what you're drinking for is... Uh, other things that aren't dependent on alcohol, right? Like you said, you want to feel connection to other people, right? So let's say, take the example of drinking on a date, right? What are you looking to get out of having that drink on the date? You're looking to um, work through anxiety. Mm -hmm. um, you're looking to feel less self-conscious um, and have higher self-esteem. Yeah. Um, you're looking to... Uh, like yeah connect yeah. with other people it, and all of those things like i'm not i'm not saying like like no one should drink or whatever that's fine whatever your relationship is with alcohol if i'm not judging anything i'm just saying that there are other means to that end well it's it's you know it's as sad as is that's what the society we live in that everyone drinks to be able to socialize with other human beings. That's mm. where we're at. We're like, we need to have a couple of drinks in order to, when you meet someone new, to be like, hey, this is me. I'm not like my... Because all you're doing is, again, you're putting up a, a front of who you're not, really. Have you ever... Mm. I, I've done this, and I've certainly dated people like this, and I've probably been this person for sure, where you date someone, and for the first few months, you're just drunk all the time. Mm -hmm. And then after you kind of get into a relationship and you sober up a bit, you realize like, no, we, we have nothing in common. Yeah, this isn't actually we're just, a match. We're just very good at drinking together. <laughs> and then after that, it just kind of breaks up. And I, I, I wonder, you know, like how many relationships are just based on, 
like just drinking mm-hmm. you know like hey we'll get by but then when it gets to the weekend let's drink so we can enjoy each other's company and then like that's where i kind of thought i was like you know what now i'm just like hey if i'm if i'm awkward or i'm weird or i'm quiet or whatever and you know that's fine that's just who i am yeah. and I maybe i get better at it and but if the person maybe i'm dating or 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 any sort of mm-hmm. interaction it's like if they if they if they're not into that then that's fine yeah that's fine but that's i'm just going to be like this is this is who i am and this is i'm not going to change and you know if 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 that if that's not going to happen with another person because of that then that's okay and that's not a relationship that you should keep yeah it's about like yeah like you said like getting to a place where you are comfortable being unapologetically yourself Mm -hmm. right because like the first step is getting to a place where you can be yourself at all where you're like actually expressing your genuine self. But the first stage, a lot of the time you are just apologizing for it constantly. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm so nervous. I'm sorry. I'm so awkward. I'm sorry. I'm talking too much. Um, the next level of that is getting to the point where like you're being yourself and you're like, this is who I am and I don't apologize for it. Yeah. It's really difficult. I'm still, I still apologize all the time. <laughs> yeah. But why, you know, like why, know. why do you have to apologize for whoever? Because the other person feels like that too. Well, and you're just like it's spent- just old programming, yeah. you know, like I've been thinking about this a lot of like, yeah, this is just, um, uh, old programming, old patterns that my brain just runs automatically of, uh, a, like to going back to the four agreements, like all these assumptions that my brain just makes, right. Of like, um, Oh, I'm I'm annoying every time I talk. Mm. That's a big one that I've been thinking about yeah. lately. And well, you, that's you old programming with... and I know where it comes from and and all of that and yet still it runs. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like when we had the conversation a while ago where you thought that you wouldn't hang out after comedy shows because you thought that your presence was making people annoyed. Mm-hmm. Which is like the opposite of what's true because uh, you're an absolute <laughs> delight to be around and people love you. Do you know what I mean? So, but I get it because you're just like, and and that's the thing you realize after a while. It's like everyone's just thinking about themselves, mm-hmm. so no one cares. No one's even recognizing it. Yeah. Only person that recognizes it is a true friend who's like, "Are you okay? Do you know I mean why? You know mm-hmm. what I mean?" But even then, they're still probably in their head. Yeah, I try to be like, okay, I, I managed to get here with. The example I use is dancing. Mm. So I managed to get to this place with dancing in public, and I've been tr- trying to focus on applying it to my regular life. So what I tell myself when I go dancing is there's no point in being self-conscious of the way that you dance because no one's fucking looking at you. Yeah, Everyone else is in their head also so self-conscious about how they are dancing and everyone is so fully consumed by paying attention to their own dancing that they aren't even looking at how anyone else is dancing so why be self-conscious why not just be free and just let go because nobody's paying attention to you as much as you think they are and i've been trying to kind of bleed that out into the rest of my life where i'm like if I look at every interaction, every social experience as dancing, I'm like, everybody's worried about their own dancing. Everyone is so, we're all so afraid all the time. So why bother? Yeah. I feel, that's that's one thing I'm just at now. I'm just like, who cares? Just be yourself and it doesn't matter. Yeah, just dance. Just dance. And also like, and that's one thing actually, since I stopped drinking, the biggest thing in my life that happened was so many great people, including yourself, came into my life without me even trying, but they're like genuine, 
amazing friends who really care about me and I just took the step of just being like this is me that I don't have to please other people but mm -hmm. when you take a, a moment in your life to be like I refuse to fit into this thing then it's scary because it's a big change mm -hmm. but if you put it out into the world and you really genuinely mean it the real people sort of come in the yeah things you that start are... drawing the right people to yeah. you once you sort the of same with dating, let go right? you know yeah because like how many times you date someone who's so bad for you toxic or whatever because mm -hmm. you're in the same patterns of the people you're attracted to mm -hmm. um and then you stop doing that and then the right people just they just appear yeah it's like magic yeah. You know, and I really, I, I you know, I, I'm big on that sort of like the energy, like the, the if you're putting that certain energy, the other people with the same energy, just you just attract. Yes. You know, and it's frustrating because it's, you, but it, it sort of narrows down your um, social group. Mm -hmm. It narrows down who you can date. It narrows down maybe your job prospect. But it, does, it doesn't matter because I'd rather just have, a, I'd rather have, a small three, group of satisfying three really relationships. Good friends, yeah. As opposed to be friends with everyone and try and satisfy all these people. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing there's nothing good that comes out of that. No. If you if you're attracting the right people to you, uh, a small group of really meaningful, satisfying connections um, is going to serve you so much more than trying to keep like half a foot in all of these relationships that aren't really benefiting you or aren't really a good match. Yeah, and all you're causing yourself is to be stressed and anxious and not mm -hmm. being yourself. Like, I hang about you, I can just be myself. Yeah. doesn't matter, right? I can do, I can be weird, I can be silly. You can be as weird can, as you want with me. Be, you know what I mean? But that's the thing, it does, and I don't feel that I'm like worried about what you're thinking because mm -hmm. because we're really good friends, right? But like, if I'm around someone else, I'm like, oh, I, I need to appear a certain way. Yeah. And the more, the older I get and the more I, the more I look into that stuff, I'm just like, it's just, it's just pointless, man. Yeah, just And we're off. just, uh, we're just, and we're, we're all, wasting her life's not being ourselves mm -hmm. that's the biggest thing we're like mm -hmm. we're all running around trying to thinking about what other people are thinking what should i wear where should i go who's cool what's not what am i supposed to do it's like just do 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 you mm -hmm. and that's when you'll be your genius and that's when you'll have your genuine life mm -hmm. no one does it so few people will actually take the time to put in the work to themselves to create the 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 life that they should or want to have yeah because it's difficult it's very hard. It's a daily thing. It is really but hard. anything worth doing is hard. Yeah. And I, it's so worth it. It's so worth it. Yeah. And that's what, I, you know, that, uh, I was listening to a podcast with uh, the guy that wrote Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. And he was saying, any sort of change, there's a lot of suffering mm -hmm. while you're in the process of it. It's hard. It's, it's, it's painful. It seems like it's going nowhere. But then it clicks in, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and it's just, it just takes time and it just you just need to go i i refuse to this life is not serving me mm -hmm. i need to start something else but it's scary and it goes back to like the best thing you can do is just keep making the good choice yeah and that's yeah it's just keep making the good choice i think that's the uh, even with how you talk to yourself yes. what's the good choice here being hard on myself or get like giving myself some grace and that's the first agreement too it's like be impeccable with your word to yourself right mm -hmm. it's a good choice um and actually, you know, one of the things I, I, I did, um, I was realizing when I was making the bad choice too, um, I, I I went out, this is not, this is a stupid example, but this is, I remember I was, I was cycling downtown at night and I couldn't find my bike lights and I was going to be late. I was like, I'll go cycle anywhere anyway. And it was dark and there was a lot of cars and mm -hmm. it was cold and stuff. And I was just like, oh, this is a bad choice. This was, this. why did I do this? Don't do this again. But yeah. I realized it was a bad choice. 
and then I, even as I was doing it, I was like, "This is this is this is could end disastrously." Mm-hmm. But then I was like, "Okay, that was a bad choice, but make sure next time spend enough time to look, have your bike lights ready to like yeah. you know, so you don't have to rush out the house." <laughs> yeah. So even doing the bad choice, but being aware that you're doing the bad choice, mm-hmm. it's still beneficial. It's because beneficial because it puts like, you in a position to make the good choice later on. Yeah. And that's where, yeah, and then you look at yourself and, and then I think to myself, why did I do the bad choice? And then you think about it and you go, oh, it's because yes. of this, because of that. And then you go, and then you learn. Mm-hmm. That's the whole thing. It's like, even when you're in that uh, that space and you're making the bad choice, don't waste time jumping to judging yourself and criticizing yourself for having made the bad choice. Just approach it with a curiosity of, oh, interesting. I noticed I made the bad choice here. Why did I do that? And how could I avoid doing that next time? Um, If you're just a little kinder to yourself while you're making mistakes, you will learn better from those mistakes um, and be in a better position to make a good choice later on because you'll have a better understanding of your own behavior by approaching your behavior with curiosity instead of judgment. Yeah, it's okay to fail. That's one thing I've sort of realized. Of course. Stop stop trying to be too perfect in your life. That's one thing. Mm -hmm. Everyone has to be perfect once. Like, you only learn from failing. But Failure have, is a great teacher. You have to be comfortable and going, I'm going to fail. And then, but instead of failing and feeling sorry for yourself, you got to fail and you go, why? For mm-hmm. example, in stand up, anytime I bomb, right? It mm-hmm. never happens. But, uh, <laughs> but anytime, basically, hypothetical, hypothetical, I might have bombed. Um, I would think to myself, I used to be like, oh, I suck. Oh, I suck. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I do now is I'd be like, um, what happened? And I would say, I would say almost hundred percent. It's just, I didn't prepare for the set. Yeah. I didn't think about it. I didn't prepare. So then it's like, okay, I need to do that. And if it happens again, I'm like, I didn't prepare again. Mm-hmm. So it's like, why am I not preparing? It's because of, you know, and then you, you, yeah, you keep going deeper and deeper with the curiosity. You start then, with the level of curiosity of like, why did this happen? I didn't prepare. And then you notice a pattern of not preparing. And then you go, okay, why am I stuck in this pattern of not preparing? Yeah. You get to the next level of that behavior and you keep tracing it backwards until you find the roots. And that's the thing. It's so hard to do. And people would just don't want to be like, I don't want to think that deeply. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do it. But if you do, you find, you really discover who you are yeah. and why. And that's one thing that I've been learning since I stopped drinking. It's like, who am I? What do I like? What do I don't like? And why are my patterns the way they mm-hmm. are? And that's why it's hard work. But it's really, it's really, uh, thank, uh, it's really, um, what's the word? Um, it's good work because you figure out who you are. Because I think a lot of people don't know who they are. We live our whole lives not knowing yeah. who the fuck we are. And it's that's... That's crazy, you know? I think we're just so focused on trying to figure out who we think we're supposed to be. Yes. That we don't spend enough energy actually figuring out who we are. Yeah. Um, and like, this and is, who we are is fine. Yeah, and it's totally <laughs> fine because if you think about it, what is what is life? It's it's insane. It's insane. Yeah. Like, what and is the, this? We're floating on, on this a is planet. Nuts. There, you know? It's all nonsense it's anyway. It's all nonsense. Uh, we're gonna die, yeah, and then uh, we'll come back as a beetle, and you know, yeah. then we get experience the life of a, an ant or something. And and like, why focus your whole life on trying to be perfect, right? Like, yeah. think of any person you love. Are yeah. they perfect? Yeah. Are they without flaws, or do they have flaws, and they somehow are part of what makes you love that person? Yeah, right. So like, you aren't unlovable because you're not perfect. You are lovable because you're imperfect. Yeah. 
And Ugh, I'm going to put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> it has to be a big t-shirt. That was quite a lot. Yeah, yes, but, yeah. it was. It's going to be <laughs> maybe a bodysuit. Yeah. And it, <laughs> the writing runs all the way down the legs, too. <laughs> okay, well, we end by me giving the guest a genuine compliment. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if I, yeah, I'm not very good at taking compliments but oh, okay let's I know try. this about you but we're gonna do this anyway you feel anxious you look anxious you look very tense <laughs> right now you're kind of lifting your shoulders up a bit okay. uh, yeah, just take a deep I won't look at you while you do it. breath and relax you wouldn't be the first <laughs> to have to turn away while I do this work um, but you are one of my very closest friends um, and you came into my life at like a really pivotal turning point kind of time for me yeah and uh, you're one of those friends that i know that i can lean on and ask for the things without feeling guilty about it like i know if i'm sick uh you'll bring me juice mm-hmm. uh, and then cold medicine if mm-hmm. i need it if uh if i needed you to take my dog out you would take my dog out um you're so good about giving those like acts of service as uh, like gestures of your love and affectionate friendship um, without requiring some kind of like quid pro quo. Like you don't do generous things to get things back. Um, that's the thing that I love about you is that you're just like, I'm, this is just how I express my affection for my friends and I'm going to do this nice thing for you and I need nothing from it. Um, so you're very selfless in that way. Thank you. Could you put that in the tinder bio for me a hundred percent we'll type it up after this podcast but thank you i appreciate that that's really nice also like just happy three-year anniversary of your sobriety that's thank you so huge and like um you, on that note like you have done so much good for so many other people and like i hope that you occasionally take stock of this sort of like ripple effect that your sobriety has had uh on like the community and people whose lives you've touched because mm. like your sobriety has led to other people's sobriety. Uh, sure. You are a person who like people have leaned on and you have been generous in giving your like advice and perspective and, and support to other people who needed you, even when you didn't know them very well. Yeah. Um, and that's had a, r- think of all of the good that has rippled out from that. Yeah. And you think of all of the good that, that not drinking has led to in your life. And then you think about all of these lives that you've touched and all of these other people who are sober now and all of the good that is coming in their lives and coming to them as well. Um, And like just you're the best. Thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) I appreciate it. You're the best too. Thank you. How did that feel? (laughs) Good. Yeah, it was was great. Thank you for having me. Thank you for doing it. No problem. All right, listeners, go be nice to yourself and remember that love is everywhere. Bye. Bye. (laughs) 